Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Podcast. I'm Tim, and I invite you on my journey to talk about men's mental health. Before we begin, a brief disclaimer: I am not a mental health professional in any shape or form. I'm just a man who wants to talk about men's mental health. This is episode five, and today I will share with you what steps I took before going all out with a podcast、um, in order to tell people about my depression and anxiety. As with the last few episodes, before I start talking about myself again, um, um, obviously my my favorite my favorite activity,、um, but I don't want to bore you with just me. Um, I would like to give you some stats and facts I've discovered about mental health and how men deal with mental health, because maybe it's not just me. Maybe it's other people as well.、Um, a poll、um, done by a mental health advocacy group called Priori Group found out that seventy percent of men have suffered. With a common mental health issue or symptom like anxiety, stress, or depression, and yet only forty percent of men have ever spoken. No, sorry, forty percent of men have never spoken to anyone about that, and that is shocking if you think about the fact that there's three quarters of men have experienced something like this in their life, and almost half of them. Weren't able to share it for a multiple or plethora of reasons, because of those forty percent, twenty nine said that they were too embarrassed to speak about it, and twenty percent say there is a negative stigma on the issue, and that negative stigma is not only on men. Of course, everyone that suffers from any mental illness or、um, deals with any mental health problems will know or will have experienced. Some form of stigma in their life, and will have had people, if not directly talk about their issue, but have other people talk about it in a way that make them feel ashamed or that stop them from reaching out for help. A other very shocking fact for me was that forty percent of the men they、um, they asked in that survey, though, said that. What would actually make them finally go and reach out for help were so- thoughts of suicide or self harm. So it has to go that far for men to talk about their mental health problems, and it's not that their reasons for having mental health issues are so uncommon, or there's only a few that suffer from it. Because in the same poll, they found out that the main or the biggest causes of mental health issues that、um, for men. Were work, finances, and general stress, and that is something that everyone has at some point in their life suffered from, regardless of gender, age, or area you live in. And of the people that shared their feelings, most of them, sixty-six percent, so almost, so the majority of them, would only. Talk about their feelings to their partner, so men are not really encouraged to talk about their feelings to their friends, especially not their male friends. They might 
get out there and talk to some uh, female friend if they have any about something, but never too in-depth, never too concrete. And almost always in the context of something that maybe the other person has shared or in a, it's actually not that big a problem. I just, yeah, I'm overreacting, I'm fussing. And because of this, many men out there who do not share their feelings with anyone, who feel that their mental health issues show them weak, uh, show them as weak, or leave them with a mark, a stigma, they do not have or and do not seek the same amount of access to psychological therapies. And only 60, 36% of referrals to and this is for the UK, um, to the NHS for talking therapies were for men. And it's not that mental health issues are less common in men. If anything, it is very equal and men suffer just as much as any other group um, with their mental health issues and with their mental health problems. So how come that only 36 of referrals in the, in the UK, and I can very easily imagine that in any other countries in the west at least it is very very similar the numbers are very similar that it is mostly women who look for getting help for their mental health um, and for their physical health actually men also go less to the doctor which is one of the many reasons but one of the reasons why men die earlier than women because they don't go to the doctor when it's necessary or have regular checkups because you know Either they don't have the time or they don't want to be weak or they just don't think it's as important. But it is. Guys, go out there. And once you hit the 40, check for colon cancer. It's not comfortable, but come on, let's do it. And what I found, what the study found and what I, the sentence that stayed with me for many, many weeks, a month and years actually, but when I've read it, I was, that resonated with me so much, was that some of the men said that it is not actually the mental illness that kills, it is the stigma associated with it. And of course, that's not just men that have to deal with that stigma. Nine out of ten people with mental health problems have said, according to a study, that stigma and discrimination have a negative effect on their lives and that their problems are made worse by the stigma, discrimination and their experience not only from society, but also from family, friends, and employers. Because somehow we've got it into our heads that it is perfectly fine and okay for physical health, to a certain extent, uh, to seek help, to go to the doctor, and to complain about it. If you break a leg, if you get a severe disease, um, be it a virus, well, you know, unless it's COVID for some people, and um, yeah, then it's completely fine to go to the doctor and look for help. But if it's anything to do with your mental health, then that is a problem. That is something that you better do not tell anyone, and especially not your employees, because for some reason we think the people with mental health issues are less competent, are less trustworthy, do are incompetent and cannot do the job that they may be trained to, that they are working for, at, even though most people with a mental health problem suffer in silence for years without anyone noticing. But as soon as they talk about it, now it is a problem. Now they can no longer work in that job. 
I have friends who've had mental health problems who work for the government and they cannot tell that to the people um, because then they will have severe problems getting insured, getting their pension and all of that, the, uh, the stuff that comes along with it. As soon as someone finds out that they've had, had help, that they've went to therapy because their medical records need to be made public in order for them to be eligible for certain privileges, certain per per pension um, privileges, once that mark is seen on their record, they are no longer eligible to either get their pension or, worst of all, work in that particular job they have trained for that they chose to spend their life doing for the government, helping people. But the same is true for people that work in the um, in the free market um, um, with certain employers. If they find out that they have a mental health issue, they will be terminated or they will be replaced um, and transferred to a less severe job or a job where they can be observed or watched or they will be just bullied out in some shape or form. But why? Why most people that have a mental health problem, especially if they are treated for it and are able to talk about it with the people around them and have people be understanding and understand what that mental health problem comes with, are very, very, very able to function highly functioning, most of them, if they've had to hide for the majority of their lives. So yeah, it is completely, it baffles my mind why we have these stigmas. But they are there and they are hurting people. And it is our job, and especially mine, because I'm the one talking here, <laughs> to work to minimize these stigmas and eradicate them if possible. Because please, please talk to people and please, please listen to people. Even if it is not something you yourself have struggled from. We need to learn compassion. Now, everyone that suffers from a mental health issue suffered from stigma. But why is it that men do not feel they are able to get the help that they deserve and that they need? It is something that society has done to us because it puts certain gender roles on men and women. There's a lot of damage being done on these under the guise of these roles where that women have to play, but it also does a lot of damage the roles that men have to play. Men are seen as strong, they have to they have to earn money, they have to be dominant and control, which by themselves are not in all instances bad characteristics. It's not bad to be able to be in control. It's not bad to take charge in some areas and at some points. It is not bad to be like, hey, I want to I wanna make money. I want to be able to provide for my family. Um, and it's also not bad to be strong. I love the sport of strongmen. I love seeing ridiculously strong men and women lift ridiculously heavy weights. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's insane. Uh, lots of those men, by the way, are starting to talk about their mental health and they are strong as hell. And if they can do it, you can do it. And because of this ascribed gender role of being a leader, a dominant, and not being able to talk about... No, sorry. Because by... <laughs> sorry, I got flustered. I had to think about strongman. <laughs> and I can't think about anything else. I need to see someone lift 500 kilos off the floor again. Um, that was Eddie Hall, 2016. Um, 
Yes, because men feel that they need to be strong, dominant, in control. They cannot show weakness. And I have observed this in my own friends group. I have seen people suffer hard telling me how they've had headaches for a long time, trouble sleeping, um, and were like completely stressed. And when we started to talk about it, and we, I invited them because as I will uh, tell you in a minute, um, my own experience, I've been sharing my experience with them and I invited them to talk with their experiences about, uh, to me and they didn't. It was a five minute discussion followed by, yeah, but now I've got it under control. Now it's fine. Now I do this or I do that, which is good that they do that, but it's not going to help the problem. It is just a symptom prevention, but not a cure. And something that comes along with this and that makes it worse is that by ascribing men the roles of leaders and dominant people and being the, the problem solvers, they feel that they need to do that alone. They can only be good in that if they are the, the best, the one that gets it done, the one that finds the solution There's very little community in men. There's very little in Western civilizations. There's a lot in, um, as I've heard from um, friends in Western, uh, not in Western, in, in Eastern societies um, and Middle East. I'm unfortunately not really able to talk a lot about that, but please reach out to me if you can tell me your experience, how it is to be um, in a group of men there and how you can, if it's possible to discuss your mental health there, Uh, or how these stigma also apply to you. But in the Western world, we have made men be alone. Many men have very limited friendship groups. Within that friendship group, they share very little about their own lives, about their own feelings, about their own experiences. And the person they share most with is their partner, which is a heavy burden to be laying on the partner. If they share anything, by the way, because lots of men don't. But also when they do, because women or their partners either aren't used to it or also ascribe um, consciously or subconsciously to these gender roles. And when the man then reaches out, it is a shock maybe, or it's too much, or it takes away their manliness and then they cannot react in a very supportive way. And this is something where other groups that men need to work on so that we can open that space for men as well. Now, um, yes, like I said in the beginning, this, um, sh this episode is about how I started my journey to share my uh, mental health problems, my depression, my anxiety, um, before going out in public on a podcast with maybe by this time more than five listeners. <laughs> if not, I love all my five listeners. Um, and it started basically immediately because I don't know why, but as soon as I found out or was diagnosed with depression, depression, with depression, I felt the need to tell people because I've seen what it done to people. My father and I will talk about this in um, I've talked about this in episode four for people who didn't um, who weren't able to listen to that my father killed himself when I was four he was a severe alcoholic and I'm sure he was a severe 
um, he had severe depression. Those two many times um, go along with each other, especially in men. If you know, want to hear the facts about that one again, um, listen to episode one. And I didn't want to be as locked in as him. I didn't want to end up as him, which is why I wanted to share as soon as possible. I wanted the people around me to know what it was like. Uh, no, not what it was like. What was going on with me? Because I didn't want to pretend anymore that everything was fine as I had before. I wanted to be open. I wanted to not only talk about what I was feeling, I wanted other people to share what they were feeling with me. I wanted my friendship group to open. And that is not because I am this messiah, but it's because my partner has a very tight friendship group and they share a lot. And I can I could see how much that has been a support for her and also other partners um and also with other partners in the past who had a big or a very tight friendship group, mostly female friendship group, and they were able to share a lot and be seen and heard and valued and validated. And I wanted that too. I craved that, but I couldn't just make it happen. So I needed to start talking about what was going on with me and in the hope that by talking myself, other people would open up. Spoiler alert, didn't work. <laughs> it did work to an extent, but it didn't work as much as I had hoped. Part of that is my fault. I am a severe introvert, which is why this is a podcast and not a video yet. Um, but also, when I started to tell my friends, I forgot some things about my friends. Um, I forgot that they that the male friends I had had been socialized in a specific way, and it was very difficult for them to come out of that because I was in a crisis. They weren't. They had their own stuff to deal with. They didn't really need to have my shit on top without it being something that was, you know, established before. It was very new. And some friends were really supportive. No, all my friends were really supportive. Every single one of them in their own way. Some were more openly supportive and others were more, well, I'm going to ask him more often how he is, which is a great way to be supportive. And I love my friends and we've established a way closer bond and we've established a more intimate bond where we talk more. But obviously we live far away. There is a part from each other. We moved around after we've uh, finished our degrees. And not all of them are as comfortable talking about everything that's going on with them. And that is okay. Nobody needs to be from one moment to the next to be as comfortable talking about how they're feeling as um, I am sometimes. I'm also not all the time. I am not perfect by any... Um, I am not perfect in any, by any means or any shape or form. And I hope or I hoped that by sharing it with my friends, that they would share with me. And some did. I learned something about my friends I'd never known before just by asking them or by telling them what I was um, going through. And they then could tell me what they went through or they had gone through without me ever realizing because we hadn't established this relationship before. I didn't do it. I didn't do it before. We'd been friends for 10 years. 
most of them. And I didn't establish it until now, until I was in the crisis. So it's very difficult to then just because I was in a crisis to expect them to just change the way I wanted them to. And it's not like I was unhappy with them before. I just wanted to know what they were feeling and not just be the only person that constantly goes on about how they're feeling and how anything's wrong with, with him. Um, but yeah, it is a process. It takes time. Nothing changes overnight, but it is step by step. And I was hoping that by sharing my feelings with them and by showing them that, hey, he had this bearded, bold dude talking about how he um, suffers from the fear of dying, how he suffers uh, sometimes with feeling just nothing and being completely lethargic and sometimes being lying in bed with a pounding heart, sweaty palms and unable to sleep, that they could tell me these things or tell someone else. Because, and this is a quote I found, I unfortunately didn't write down the author, so should that person by any magical coincidence listen to this, please reach out to me. But um, this is the quote. I think there is something very powerful about males seeing other males show vulnerability in a world where men all too often grow up hearing messages such as man up and big boys don't cry. And I wholeheartedly agree with this. Every time I now see the Gillette ad um, where, oh, I forgot their slogan. If anyone remembers, please tell me. Um, basically, it is um, where other men stop men from doing something harmful. And the scene that gets me the most is when there's two two little boys fighting and men stand around doing nothing. You're like, oh, boys will be boys. Oh, I think that's the slogan. Boys will be boys. And then it's we're better than that. Um, yeah, and then they, someone stops the boys from fighting and just tells them, hey, you don't need to fight. Let's talk. And there's also another very vivid image of this bad business person. Uh, it's a businessman uh, in a suit and tie going into an elevator by themselves. And then you see a single tear fall down. But there's no one there, no one that person can talk to. And that's how I think many of us have felt in our lives. We had a tear in our eye, but we didn't tell anyone. And this is for, why for some men... Sport is so important because it's an outlet for emotions. It's an outlet where they can shout and cry and be happy and show every emotion on the whole rainbow. <laughs> I forgot the word rainbow. <laughs> um, on the whole rainbow of feelings that we have. Um, and yeah, sport is important for that. Sport is important for other reasons. But let's create other spaces where that is possible. Let's create other spaces where men can cry without anybody else being completely freaked out by this. Or where a man can say, I don't feel good. And not because I've just broken my knee, but because, hey, today I just feel like complete shit. And maybe someone could ask me why and talk to me about it. Yes, and I encourage anyone out there to talk, talk. And if you cannot talk to your friends or family, talk to me. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you can take something away from this episode. And I would love to hear from you. Please reach out, either with your own stories or about anything from this podcast. You can find 
all the information in the episode notes. You can find the me on Instagram with the mental health underscore podcast. You can find the website men-tell-health.com where there is an anonymous contact form and a non-anonymous contact form for either to tell me your story, to share on the podcast, or to just reach out to me in general. If you liked this episode, I would be thrilled if you could give it a good rating, subscribe to the podcast, and share it with your friends and family. This uh, is it. I'm off now. But before I go, please remember that I hear you, and you hear me next week. Goodbye.